Hello, and welcome to Dialogues in Dermatology. I'm Dr. Todd Schlesinger, your Editor-in-Chief. We have another exciting podcast for you today. We hope that you enjoy. Welcome to Dialogues in Dermatology Practice Management Series, June 2021. I'm Dr. Brad Glick, and I'm a board-certified dermatologist and dermatologic surgeon, as well as clinical assistant professor of dermatology at the FIU Herbert Wertheim College of Medicine in Miami, Florida. Today's topic is patients' right to access medical records, the ONC interoperability rule. Recently, the Office of the National Coordinator has required that physicians, hospitals, labs, HIT developers, and EHR vendors comply with the information blocking rule which mainly prohibits the blocking of electronic health information unless exceptions apply to justify a delay or withholding of electronic health information. This means that a patient has a right to view and access their medical records at any point in time when they are released to them through the patient portal. Are you aware of the information blocking rules regulated by the Office of the National Coordinator, ONC, specifically regarding patient right to access medical records in a timely manner and without delay. Do you know how your institution is handling this? Please welcome Dr. Michelle McDonald, who served as chair of the Council on Practice Management from 2017 to 2021, who will take a deep dive into sharing her experience about how patients view their records at her institution. Dr. McDonald is Director of Dermatologic Surgery and Associate Professor of Medicine at Vanderbilt University Medical Center. She graduated from Duke University and received her medical degree from the University of Louisville. She completed her medical residency and fellowship training at the Mayo Clinic in Vanderbilt University and received her MBA from the University of Tennessee. Dr. McDonald has served as president of the National Academy of Medicine and the Tennessee Dermatology Society, as well as chair of the board of the Tennessee Medical Association. Nationally, she serves as part of the Dermatology Section Council of the American Medical Association, serving as a delegate from the American College of Bow Surgery. Dr. McDonald, welcome and thank you for being here. Thank you so much for having me. Glad to be here. Let's jump right in. Tell us what kind of practice you're a part of and also how do your patients view their medical records currently? I'm part of a large academic institution and currently patients can view their medical records through a private patient portal that they sign up for and access. And initially it was to mainly do messaging and make appointments, but now it's also to access all of their medical record. So when the new information becomes available in the medical records, is there a notice that the patient gets? And if yes, how so? Yes. So there is a push notification that comes out via email whenever there is a new test or pathology result that the patient gets. So even if they're not thinking about accessing it, they're reminded that it's come out and it comes out in real time. You know, I find that really unique just to share with you in my clinical practice, which is part academic and some private. We don't really have the sophistication of the notifications just yet, but patients are informed when they first enter our clinical practice uh, that they have availability through the portal to access their medical records. Are you aware of the information blocking rules regulated by the ONC specifically regarding patient right to access medical records in a timely manner and without delay? 
Yes, so CMS and the ONC have rules that enhance interoperability. They want patients to have access to their health information immediately, and they require the sharing of protected health information. And then this is regulated and enforced through the Office of the Inspector General to investigate any data blocking. The good news is there are some exceptions in the rule to when you're not considered an actor that is data blocking. And one of those is preventing patient harm, which there's definitely been some patient harm stories throughout this. So that may be an avenue for us to advocate for in the future, these exceptions. Sounds fascinating. And would you say that the majority of your patients have access to view their health information through the patient portal? Well, about in the last official numbers I saw were in 2017 for my institution, about 40% of patients had access through the patient portal and I would say that goes along with my practice where about 50% of patients, it seems to me about half have access. But one interesting thing and is from 2007 to 2017, it jumped 60%, which obviously we're on this train and it's escalating. And with COVID and telemedicine, it's escalating even more. And one other interesting thing from my standpoint, because I do most surgery, a lot of older patients, not as technologically savvy, about 6% have a surrogate, like their adult child who is navigating the portal for them and has HIP has signed off to be their person. So I think we're seeing a lot of that as well. Well, listen, it's expanded the ability for them to receive their information deservingly. So although as we're going to discuss, it may perhaps pray tell create some complications from us as the receiving physicians and our institutions. Does your institution have a way to measure if your patients are satisfied with using the patient portal and being able to receive timely updates about their care, for example, through a patient reported outcome survey? They do assess whether patients are satisfied with the portal. And I don't have exact I can't find the outcomes data that we have, but I will say in the chronic disease space, it is well known that patients love having access to their data and to their test results and that it enhances patient satisfaction. And just anecdotally, we went through an EHR changeover four years ago, and there were about two weeks where patients did not have access by the portal. And there was a great deal of dissatisfaction during that time. At that time, it was mainly to make appointments. And I'm at a large medical center where access is an issue but there was definitely dissatisfaction when they didn't have access to the patient portal. Can you explain the current process of managing dermatopathology test results, which for you as a micrographic surgeon is important to your treating cancer all the time. There are tons of biopsies and all clinical notes being released to patients in your practice. And does your institution have policies and protocols in place for releasing such information to patients? So they are releasing the information at the time that it's entered into the EHR at this point. So for dermatopathology, whenever the dermatopathologist reads it and then it gets uh, entered into the EHR, then there's a push notification and then the patient knows. So as you can imagine, this could happen at 10 o'clock in the morning when you're in the middle of clinic and you may not see it until much later in the day, but the patient has seen it. So managing patient expectations has become a real part of my practice. So... It will expand this a little bit in that. So uh, if I'm a patient in the clinic and I do get that path report in the portal and I see it right away, it's a melanoma. You're busy running around in the clinic. What is the set of circumstances? Um, I call in, I'm looking for that information. You're busy with patients. What's their lag time? Do we have dedicated staff members to be able to provide that information? Have you even had a chance to see the result because it's immediate in their view 
and you're a clinician taking care of patients, you may have a very difficult most micrographic surgery case that's going to take you a few hours, and you may not be able to address that matter with the patient. Right. We try very hard to report to patients as soon as we can, but obviously when they come in in the morning, it's more difficult. Having a dedicated staff member, we have to have dedicated staff members now for so many things. We don't have someone that's just monitoring when test results come in. We do, obviously that patient is going to contact us through the portal, by calling any manner that they can, if they're really concerned about their result, and we will get back to them as soon as possible. But we don't have a dedicated person that's addressing those yet. What we're trying to do is manage it on the front end and give patients an idea of what their biopsy may be and a plan beforehand so they're less anxious. So that's kind of your disclaimer from the get-go when you're performing the skin biopsy. We have on our sign-out sheet, when we give a patient their instruction, we call it our green sheet, and we make a comment and a disclaimer about not only the time frame for which a biopsy result can be received, let's assume it's in three to five days, but that to provide a little bit of a cushion for us that even though they may receive this information before us, that there may be a little bit of a gap of time before we actually physically get to the phone or return their email, whatever the communication vehicle is that they are utilizing. Question, can patients review their results as soon as they are available? Is, is it immediately? I know you've kind of alluded to this already, but I know you said something about a push that comes to them. What does that actually look like? An email, do they get a text alert? And can you expand on that? How that result actually gets to the patient, how it goes out? They get an email. It's not specific. It says you have a new test result available in the patient portal. So if they've seen multiple physicians, it could be anything from their metabolic panel, from their internist to their pathology from us to their CT scan for something else. So it's not specific, but it just says you have new results. Log in to see them. And so, but it will navigate them to something that is under a dermatology umbrella or a Mohs micrographic surgery umbrella, or it's just one large you know, one viewing. large, um, they, it navigates them to log in to the protected site, and then they'll have a message there, new test results or new lab results are available, and they click on that, and that's how they see it, so. Now, now I kind of mentioned in my clinical practice what it looks like, at least in terms of a specific disclaimer, but when we talk about managing the expect expectations in this kind of newer world of patients receiving their information rather rapidly, as we just discussed with dermatopathology, but access to their records in general, do your patients receive a specific disclaimer, whether it's verbal or even on a piece of paper? How do you explain this information, particularly if they get this information in advance of you really having the opportunity to review it? Right. I do a verbal disclaimer now with every patient. When, and again, I mainly don't do a lot of labs. I mainly am talking about pathology for me. I'll do a verbal disclaimer at the time of biopsy that says, you might see these results before I see them. Here's what I think. Now, if it's a long-term patient and they're used to the diagnoses, they're much less anxious and they know what the plan will be, but I'm more likely to spend more time with a disclaimer with a new patient or someone who hasn't had a biopsy before to explain it to them. Wonderful. Now, we kind of alluded to this already, and I used somewhat of an example, but let's maybe dig into this a little bit deeper. We've heard sometimes that a patient reviews or views their results in a portal, for example, their melanoma biopsy results uh, before the dermatologist has a chance to review it or any of the information surrounding this biopsy, has this happened to you and have you dealt with it? And have you used or viewed the Academy's patient access notice and maybe talk a little bit about that? 
Sure. Well, so first of all, it's definitely happened to me, but I have some illustrative examples from some AAD members that have submitted their experiences because we're trying to present to the ONC some of the unintended consequences and patient harm. So one is, a, is, as we can all imagine, a patient, they got their BCC result. They never had one before in the morning, and the physician didn't look at it until the afternoon and the patient had Googled that day and spent most of the day worried that they were going to lose half of their face, you know, and was very anxious by the time the physician was able to talk to them. And we're talking about just a several hour lag between when the patient saw the results and when the physician finished clinic to call. So that sort of shows you, you know, how timing is so important. And a second really horrible example is a patient who had in an IUD and had already had children and got their pregnancy test pre-isotretinoin treatment. And it was positive, but the physician was aware that this lab often could have false positives and was going to have the patient rechecked. And by the time she saw it midday and called the patient, the patient was extremely anxious, extremely worried that they were pregnant, had been trying to find a psychiatrist because they were in such a bad state. So, and when they got retested, the pregnancy test was negative. So that was a patient that had a lot of emotional harm. And then finally was a, a, another example we have is a younger patient who had some gene rearrangement testing and the, they came back at 425 on a Friday and it was pushed out and the parents saw it and, and they ended up talking to the resident at nine o'clock that night because they were sure that their child was going to die from lymphoma. So, you know, and I think what this illustrates is we want patients to have their results But if we're not there to explain the nuances of those results sometimes, then that's where it's really difficult. So it's not that we don't want them to have access. It's just the timing and being able to be there to explain it to them. So, and the second part of your question was on the AAD website. And we do have, I want to plug the practice management website. There's a lot of stuff there, a lot of great stuff there. We have great staff working on that, but there's a customizable template that you can bring to your institution or to your group that can talk to your risk manager about ways to potentially get some of these exceptions so that you don't have to push the information out immediately. Because I think that's what the issue is. It's just that amount of time for the physician to be able to review it. And so they can present it to the patient in a way that's not as detrimental to the patient's psyche. And I think this is what the ONC really needs to realize because it's putting a lot in the patient's hands, which I think is great, but we need to really improve on the ability for us to be able to digest it. And so there may be need a, a need for a little bit of a cushion or a loosening of some of the thought processes there. So we take that potential stress in those three examples that you've described, which can be horrific for the patient and a lot of unnecessary mental anguish for them. Do you have any additional tips or closing comments for other directors? dermatologists on what to say to their patients if they may view their results before they, as physicians, have an opportunity to review it. Sure. I think we mostly, as dermatologists, know this, but the first thing is, I would say, is to be transparent so that your patient knows what you're looking for, whether it's with a lab result or with a biopsy, to communicate, like I was talking about, verbally with them about what you're expecting. It may take a little more on the front end than we're used to rather than the back end. Um, using uh, educational resources, giving them handouts on what the potential diagnosis would be so they don't go to Dr. Google and look it up and go down a rabbit hole and they have it from you. And also, I don't do a lot of labs, as I said, but there is this whole thing about pre-labbing where potentially you get the lab before the visit. And even though they may see it, they know they're coming to see you for the visit and talk to you then at a time certain about it. So that's another strategy 
And then finally, be vocal. We have the resource that you can use with your risk management to try and get some leeway on when these have to be pushed out. And also, we're advocating at a national level, the Durham Section Council at the AMA is advocating for, just like you said, for the ONC to look at some of the unintended consequences from this and reevaluate those and maybe come out with some different rules in that regard. Well, I would be greatly appreciated. And I can tell you that for me, this has been so helpful, incredibly valuable. I've learned so much in this session and we here at Dialogues in Dermatology really appreciate your time, Dr. McDonald. So thank you very much. Thank you for your time and doing these. Thank you so much. And we thank everyone for listening, as always, to Dialogues in Dermatology. This is the practice management series. And for more information on blocking and patient right to access their health information, check out our patient access page on our health information technology toolkit, which is at https colon slash slash www.aad.org slash member slash practice slash telederm slash HIT slash EHR dash patient dash access. And with that, we say thank you once again. And Dr. McDonald, thank you once again. Thank you. We hope you have enjoyed this edition of Dialogues in Dermatology. This is Todd Schlesinger, your Editor-in-Chief. For more podcasts, including bonus issues, check us out online at the website of the American Academy of Dermatology or through the Dialogues in Dermatology app. You can now also sync your subscription to your favorite podcast app. New podcasts are released each week in addition to our monthly JAD podcasts. We hope you enjoy these new options for listening to dialogues and the increasing content for your listening pleasure. Thank you.